This is Zach Martin, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and today we have a very special guest. I, be- I believe it's a. I'm not sure if Marcus has been on the podcast before or whether he's been on the serious show. At least on one of the two. His name is Marcus Mosier. You can find him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. That's M O S H E R. He's the host of the Locked On Cowboys podcast very popular cowboys podcast as well as being the it's a, Mark, marcus you do you have 10 million hats can tell the tell the people what all you're up to these days brother yeah we uh we've got a locked on dynasty podcast that we started this year with matt williamson and ryan mcdowell just two titans of the dynasty industry oh sure uh, yeah, we've got USA Today, Raiders Wire, the managing editor over there. We've got the game day, bookies.com, gambling.com. Uh, a lot going on right now. What is the game day? I like, I've seen you uh, do some video content over there and some stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, that is that a new site for this year? Yeah, it's a new site. Uh, Adam Kramer, formerly of Bleacher Report. Uh, we we do a podcast every week. We do some rankings. We do some articles. Uh, started here in late October, so we're just just starting to to get, to get our feet wet over there. But uh, a lot of fun. So make sure you guys are checking that out. Okay. Well, a few topics I want to talk to you about here. So it's for it's for Dynasty. So I have some I have some g- just general Dynasty rankings questions for you as we're putting together our. Dynasty rankings for a partnership that we have with this this new site, Dynasty Depot, which is a, a cool new place mm-hmm. where you can buy and sell FFPC teams. And um, I want to go over some of those. I want to get some – talk about some rookie running back stuff with you for 2021. But I'd be remiss if I just didn't – just while I have you, it's, it's, it's so confusing to try and figure out what the Cowboys are going to do with Dak Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you um, – clearly uh, – Clearly, the injury probably threw a wrench in things and just the contract, you know, Zeke's contract and some of these other contracts. Uh, is it going to be possible for them to what do you think the Cowboys are going to do with, with Dak Prescott? Yeah, so I think let's kind of do this in order, right? I think right. <laughs> that's what I was trying to lay out. Yeah, yeah. It, it starts to get cockamamie. Yeah, so I think. Once we get to March, the first thing the Cowboys are going to do is slap that franchise tag on Dak Prescott to prevent him from getting the free agency. And that's going to be difficult because that cap number is going to be like 43 mm-hmm. million. And with the salary cap maybe going down a little bit, uh, that's going to be troubling, but they can do it. Um, I do think the Cowboys will get a long term deal done. The question is just when does it get done? Because if it happens before the draft, I think, and that's kind of what I expect, I think everything is fine. But if we get to the NFL draft and the Cowboys still haven't signed Prescott to a long-term deal, 
that's when I start to get a little nervous that maybe it's not going to happen. And maybe Jerry Jones and Will McClay and Steven Jones, they start to use that first round pick as a little bit of a, you know, a negotiation, you know, tactic like, Hey, we'll draft a quarterback. If you don't sign a deal before, you know, the April draft, but ultimately I do expect Dak to get done. Uh, it's going to cost them a little bit on the defensive side of the ball, but we've already seen that with guys like Byron Jones leaving. Uh, but again, I do expect Prescott to be a Dallas Cowboy in 2021 and into the future. It, but, so you do expect it into the, into the future as, yeah, I do. as, as, as well. Uh, so when, when we look at Andy Dalton, he, he signed the one year, that was a, that was that that deal was only for like three or four million bucks, so it's only for mm-hmm. one year, right? So, right. Um, what do you think about? I mean, do you think that he's part of the part of the future plans? Do you think that he's played well enough to where he might be able to get some more money elsewhere? What do you think about Dalton? Uh, I, I do. I think he's played he's played like Andy Dalton, right? And we know that he's not a top twenty quarterback but he's probably not outside the top 30 quarterbacks. And I think there's some situations in the NFL right now where a team could use an Andy Dalton to push a young guy. Like I'm looking at Denver, right? Drew Locke has not played well uh-huh. this season. Oh, I God. Think you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You bring in somebody like Andy Dalton, Dalton in for insurance. Uh, maybe some of these other teams that, you know, are going to be drafting a quarterback early. Maybe you bring in Dalton, but I do think he's played well enough to get another contract and get another shot. At potentially starting and competing for a job, who are the who are the Cowboys that we need to be looking at as possible cap casualties as as the um, as the project starts to take shape to possibly craft a long term deal for for Dak? I mean, last year we had all the you know, like you mentioned. There was all the Byron Jones stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, can we get Byron done and also get, you know, there was the Zeke stuff. Can we even get Zeke done? They ended up going to getting him done. Are there any of those guys sort of coming up that are key pieces that could have to be sac- sacrificed for getting Dak done? Uh, the, the one that's everybody's pointing to is Michael Gallup. You know, he's going to be entering the, the final year of his rookie contract in 2021. He's starting to play really well. We saw how dominant he was against Philadelphia in week 16. It just doesn't appear the Cowboys are going to have the space to sign them. Connor Williams, their left guard, uh, they drafted in the second round out of Texas, playing the best football of his career. He's entering a uh, the last year of his rookie contract. Would not be surprised to see both of those guys go. And as of guys that they could potentially cut, uh, Jalen Smith, the linebacker that they signed last year before the season started, uh, along with Ezekiel Elliott, I think Smith is somebody that the Cowboys could look to get off the, you know, off their books this offseason. He's been absolutely terrible this year. Uh, he has not been what the Cowboys have been expecting. It's pretty clear that he just doesn't have the change of direction and the mental processing to play that middle linebacker spot in the NFL. I would expect them to move on from Jalen. And then one last one, uh, Leighton Vanderush, his fifth year option. The Cowboys have to decide. Uh, this offseason, I don't see any way that you can justify giving him that fifth year option. Uh, he has not been good this year. He's dealt with some injuries. Uh, I'm looking for the Cowboys to potentially move off both of those linebackers as soon as 2022. And it just it lends credence to the stuff that we all talked. You know, we all talked about. Do you do you want do you want Zeke and Jalen or 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 do you want Jalen and Derrick Henry, which could have been the which which could have been the you could have flipped those two and 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 and, and made that happen, but with Jalen Smith, it was like for 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 a while there, I had thought to myself, this kind of like it feels like almost 
found money because it, because at the beginning we were just so worried whether or not he was ever going to be the the player that he was, especially with all the news early on about the drop foot. And I'm sure you remember all mm-hmm. all, all that stuff so well. I noticed the guys like what about um, I'm just looking here on spot track at some of these guys. What about like it looks like Chidobe Awuzie? It looks like his contract. It looks like his he's set to expire in 2021. Mm-hmm. Tyrone Crawford has a big deal that's set to expire in 2021. There's some of these guys. I mean, um, uh, there was an offensive lineman I thought I saw one of these guys. Uh, Joe Looney, their starting center. Uh, he's going to be gone. Yep, Xavier Woods, they're starting free safety. Jordan Lewis, who is a complimentary cornerback. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get, Alden Smith is another one. So they've got a lot of these guys coming up. But all of those names I've mentioned outside of Alden Smith have really been disappointments this year. So I don't think the Cowboys losing any of these guys are going to be absolutely killer. They just got to draft better. I mean, a lot of these guys they spent early round picks on have not proved they've not proven to be what they've hoped in the draft. Uh, I expect all those guys, Wuzier, Lewis, Woods, all to leave in free agency. Do you think that? Do, do you think that? Um, do you think that the offensive the offensive line? Hopefully, I mean, for Cowboys fans, guys like Looney and those these idiots aren't going to be needed. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> moving into the future, right? Because the offensive line has been pretty bad. I was surprised to hear you say that Connor has looked good. I mean, Connor was a guy who I mean, I charted every play of his in college, clearly one of my favorite offensive linemen to do that work on considering I just do it for the Texas players. And he was obviously the best Texas offensive Mm -hmm. lineman that we've had since 2013 when I started charting all of them. Um, So always been a big fan, but it felt like he, you know, it felt like he had struggled a little bit. It felt like he was having trouble moving the same way he used to after having to kind of put on some weight and mass at the NFL level. You think, you think that, as somebody that watches him clearly a lot closer there for the Cowboys, you think this year he started to come on, come come on a little bit? Yeah, I mean the first two years of his career, he he struggled a little bit with that strength. Like you noticed him on the field, like between Tyron Smith and Travis Frederick, like he was just noticeably smaller than those yeah, two guys. Right. Yeah. Uh, he did a great job this offseason putting on a lot of weight, and because of all the other injuries. He's been by far their best offensive lineman. Now, is he a top 10 guard in the NFL? No, but he's not bad either. And I think that's some sometimes fans get a little bit. uh, They forget that it's okay just to be a good player. Like you don't have to be, you know, one or the other. I think he's been, you know, a top 20 guard this year. And I think he is improving. He's still incredibly young. Uh, I think he was a a junior when he came out of Texas. Uh, I, I, I believe he's really developing into a solid player. But with the Cowboys having so much cap space tied up into Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins, and Zach Martin, can they afford to pay a fourth offensive lineman? I'm not sure. I think he'll be a guy in 2022 uh, that gets more money than Dallas is willing to give him. Uh, I, I, yeah, and you're right about him being about him being young. I mean, not only did he come out as a junior, but you have to remember in that junior season – he had the he had the he had the ankle injury, yeah. and so it, like he only played like four and a half games. So it's like he had a freshman season, uh, a, a sophomore season that was just magical, and then that junior season he he was in and out with with with, with injuries. I sure. also want to point out, I mean, he tore his ACL in week sixteen of the two thousand nineteen season. So for him to be playing at this level, considering he's only you know what a full calendar year removed from that injury, pretty uh pretty spectacular. Speaking of spectacular, man, what about CD Lamb? What, I mean, what just holy shit? I, I, how 
my my bold predictions before this season started for fantasy was that CeeDee Lamb would finish as the wide receiver one for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not sure that I'm not sure that that has exactly come to fruition this year, but I feel like he's he's not he's he's not far off from, from well. And, he, that mantle. and here's the thing: if Dak Prescott was playing all season long, you might have been right because his <laughs> right. production and the pace that he had in the first five games of the season was absolutely incredible for a slot receiver to average like 14 yards per catch. Mm -hmm. uh, that's pretty incredible. Now he, he struggled quite a bit with the changing quarterbacks from not only Dak to Dalton, but from Dalton to Ben DiNucci to Garrett Gilbert back to Andy Dalton. So there's been a, there's been a lot of transition there, but we have seen over the last couple of weeks, him starting to get back into this groove. Uh, and it's just, it's still mind boggling how the NFL allowed him to fall uh, to the Cowboys in the middle of round one. Well, one of the ways that they allowed them to fall to the Cowboys in the middle of round one, we'll, we'll, we'll get to in one second when I just <laughs> talk Raiders with you. But uh, the, the, the one, 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 one more Cowboys-related topic. What do we make of Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard in Dynasty? Because my here, here was my – here's the way that I kind of took the Tony Pollard game whenever we got the surprise inactive – or the semi-surprise inactive from Zeke not this last week, but the week prior with when he was out with the calf contusion. Um, I, I think for one, Tony Pollard looked like he has more juice without a and, doubt. And um, I don't know if that's because Zeke has been playing kind of hurt, whether I don't know whether it's like maybe whenever the offensive line is really good, that's when Zeke can be really good, but maybe if you need somebody to create off a platform or to be able to, you know, be used as that sort of explosive, explosive extension of the run game may, in the in the passing game. Maybe Tony Pollard is just more fit for that role, and that role is more useful when you don't have this offensive line that can move people's bodies this, this, the same way. How do you see this dynamic? Um, and for Dynasty, how are you valuing Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard moving forward? Because, dude, in season-long leagues, you know, you, you, you play a ton of fantasy, Marcus. Mm -hmm. like, in season-long leagues, people are writing in or, you know, they're put, com, coming on the site or they're tweeting at us. They're saying, can I even start Ezekiel Elliott? You know, can I even start him? You know, this is my, 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 my first-round pick. Yeah, so since Dak Prescott went down, there was no week in which Ezekiel Elliott finished as a you know RB one. And for people that spent what, a top three, top four picks on him in your redraft leagues, that's awfully disappointing. Uh, but as for <laughs> as for his dynasty value, I think that's really interesting because the Cowboys have a decision to make this offseason. Uh, they can if he's on the roster on the fifth day of the new league year, his salary is guaranteed for the 2022 and 2023 season. Uh, so but I don't envision the Cowboys cutting him this offseason. So it's pretty clear that he's going to be on this team for the next three years. And with his salary, he's going to start and he's going to get touches. Now, how effective and how efficient will he be? That remains to be seen, and I think a lot of it's going to depend on the quarterback. If Dak is there, he's going to get a ton of ton of touchdown, you know, opportunities. He's going to get catches out of the backfield. But you're right; the more explosive player right now is Tony Pollard, and I think you can make a case the Cowboys' offense is better with Pollard on the field because he gives them more playmaking. We saw against the 49ers uh, just two weeks ago what he can provide. He can provide these big runs that win you games where Elliott can't really do that. He has just three carries of over 20 yards all season long. He happened to fumble on one of those carries. He had one last week against the Eagles. So mm -hmm. the explosiveness is gone. 
Uh, he leads the NFL in fumbles. He's not a great receiver, despite a lot of people saying that coming out of college. He leads the NFL in drops. He's just not a guy that's going to make a lot of people miss. He's not quick or shifty, but he is somebody that can handle a big workload and in the right offense. And that's with Dak Prescott. I do think he has a lot of value. So to me, he's he's in the range of like a David Montgomery now, where it's all volume based, even though Montgomery's playing a little better right now than he did earlier on in his career. But I think he is a, a running back two, and I don't think you can value him as a running back one in Dynasty anymore. Uh, Zeke is as of right now 25 years old so it's not like he's it's not like he's just decrepit old guy but I mean Gurley is only Gurley's only just about to turn 26 and we've seen how he's just fallen off a fallen off a cliff now to Zeke's credit he has stayed quite a bit healthier than what Gurley has in his career but oh, yeah, sure, right. but at the, the same time you look at Elliott's workload in the NFL and in college and there's just a lot of miles on those legs. So once he really drops off, and I think we're already starting to see that, it can be pretty drastic. Let's just uh, maybe a good segue into talking some Raiders is how do you how do you view Ezekiel Elliott at 25 um, as far as a dynasty commodity versus Jake Josh Jacobs at age 22, where it feels like I mean, is it John John Gruden? Or no, it was uh, it was Mike Mayock at the combine this last year told us that he the 2020 was going to be phase two for Josh Jacobs where they're going to finally get him involved in the receiving game. You guys know that's one of the reasons that we we drafted him. Mm-hmm. I talked about it at the draft press conference, et cetera, et cetera. The way he can catch the football out of the backfield is one of the keys that we really liked about him. We saw he could bring it to the offense. What do you think has happened there that they just have this island of misfit? fucking toys behind Josh Jacobs that they like to put in there. I mean, they got Devontae Booker in there swindling around. They got the, you know, I just, you know, you, a lot of people were hopeful with the fact that DeAndre Washington was, you know, let go that maybe that would open things up. It really hasn't for Jacobs. I'm not sure if it's a function of just, you know, maybe the offense in general, maybe the game script getting away from the team just because of how bad the defense is. The offensive line has been good. I, I just don't know if it's like a lack of commitment to maybe making Jacobs the focal point. Do you see it differently? And, and what kind of insight can you bring there? Yeah, I actually think Jacobs has been pretty good this season, all things considering. Now, he's dealt with a pretty severe ankle sprain over the last couple of weeks, and that's hurt his overall volume. But Uh, You're still looking at somebody who in 14 games this year, 1,200 yards, double-digit touchdowns. Uh, While we'd like to see those numbers a little bit higher for for a guy that we took – you know, number one or number two overall in our in our rookie drafts a couple of years ago, he has been useful. Um, and I'm going to just dispute you a little bit on the offensive line. They've had so many injuries there that it's actually surprising that he's been effective, you know, as effective. They lost Richie Incognito early in the season. Trent Brown, their you know their Pro Bowl right tackle, has only played a couple games this year. Gabe Jackson has been hurt. Denzel Good has been out. Sam Young, their backup right tackle, has been injured. So. They've actually done a pretty good job of just cobbling together an offensive line and keeping Jacobs somewhat effective. I I still think he is one of the top 12 running backs in Dynasty just because of the workload. I think he is just a really good football player. And we've seen, you know, in Gruden's history, his running backs do typically perform pretty well in terms of fantasy production. So I'm still all in on Josh Jacobs. I don't think we've seen anything from this year uh, that should deter us from – uh, keeping him on a roster or trying to trade for him this offseason. 
But do you do you think that there's any way that we could get a bump up in the targets? Because even when you just look at the targets, it's just like out of the out of the out of the guys that are say like RB ones and PPR mm-hmm. this this year, we have we have one, two, three that had fewer targets than Josh Jacobs. So he's but you know out of the guys that have played at an RB one level this year, um, hey. Maybe that's kind of maybe that's saying like, well, he's got a better floor, and so if, like if he starts getting the targets, then this wheels up. Like how how do you how do you square that? Yeah, I, I mean, we have seen him catch more passes this year, right? He's already at 13 more receptions than he was last year, uh, and again because of this ankle injury, they've been trying to limit his work in the passing game because they do have guys like Jalen Richard and they use Theo Riddick early in the year, so. Even if we can see a slight increase next year and we get those 33 receptions up to 40 or 45, I think that's perfectly fine given uh, you know how effective he is in the run game and the touchdown potential in the red zone. So still Josh Jacobs, still an RB1 for you. I'd like to just talk about a quick, but just some other sort of running backs sort of in that tier and sort of what you think of them. Um, or how you would kind of put your tiers together for a dynasty startup draft right now. Um, and then I want to ask a wide receiver question, sure. get, get, get some wide receiver ranking stuff for me, and then I'll get you hell out, brother. I, I, I appreciate you taking that. Time. Of course. Of course. Um, so this group of like the rookies from last year, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, how, how do you stack those three up? right now and clearly i mean i i don't know but i mean for me personally with christian mccaffrey only being 24 dalvin cook being 25 saquon only being 23 i think all those those three guys have to be above those guys but there begins to become a conversation with um you know alvin Kamara. whenever you he's 25 Mm. and but you worry about maybe if there's no more drew Brees. we saw how the receiving really fell off when Taysom hill was out there and Taysom hill has gotten uh, a, a lot of um you know, a good vote of confidence for what he was able to do whenever Drew Drew Brees was out and they've paid him a lot of money. There's also Derrick Henry, who's 26, who we've seen get game scripted out of games. We have Nick Chubb, who has um, Kareem, Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt yeah. on a long-term deal. Like, how do you wh- – like, what do you do with this? Like, I mean, I guess you start even thinking also about, I mean, the Austin Ecklers and the maybe the Antonio Gibsons, the – the Aaron Joneses, like how, how do you figure that out? Because I figure I feel at the top three, if I'm in a dynasty startup, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin, and Saquon are the way that I want to go with my first three picks. Yeah. But see, other I'm, than that, other than that, I, I just it's like some of these. I start looking at Jonathan Taylor, and I get I I, I don't know. Like, how do you see this thing shaking out? See, I'll actually uh, fight you on that one a little bit. I think Jonathan Taylor is clear cut ahead of Saquon Barkley right now. I mean, what we've seen from Jonathan Taylor. Uh, over the last five weeks has been really good. Almost 600 total yards, six touchdowns. He's starting to figure out that offense. He's tied behind a really good offensive line. We know he's athletic. Uh, And then you look at Barkley, right? Somebody who's coming off a pretty serious injury. That Giants offense just isn't good. The offensive line isn't good. Uh, And I think there's going to be um, some hesitation to give him a huge workload next year, considering, you know, the team invested the number two pick in him. So I think Jonathan Taylor is easily inside the top five dynasty running backs right now. I think DeAndre Swift is that next rookie running back. And then it gets interesting because is it is the next one? Is it J.K. Dobbins? Is it Antonio Gibson? Is it Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? 
I'm probably leaning J.K. Dobbins just because, again, he's tied to a really good offense, but uh, we've seen what Antonio Gibson can do. Clyde Ebersolaire has been a little bit disappointing despite uh, the total numbers you know, being a little higher than what people expect, but I really like this rookie class. I think you can make a case that all five of those guys should be in the top 15, 16 rookies or 16 or 15 uh, uh, running backs in Dynasty. Yeah, and, and because if you can also consider Cam Akers and James Robinson too, sure. it's like I think those guys – I think we have them right now in our in our initial rankings. Yeah, they're all top sixteen. So it's yeah. So we're kind of, well, we're kind of right there with you. I just the Saquon. I I have a I have a hard time just forgetting about Saquon the way he's the way the way he's he's looked. But Jonathan Taylor, I did have rated higher as a prospect. And man, when they it doesn't even matter that it's a two man committee with him and Naeem Hines as long as Jordan Wilkins isn't playing. Correct. It's like you know, right. it's just it just wheels up for those guys. All right, uh, still still on the Raiders. What the hell did they do with Henry Ruggs? Why did they pick him over? Why did why was he wide receiver one? What was the what was the thesis there? I'm sure you know what the thesis was. Give us a history lesson and tell us what the hell went wrong, or if it didn't go wrong in your mind, what happened? Like what happened with Ruggs? So first and foremost, the Raiders had the choice to pick any receiver in the 2020 class. And they might have taken the fourth best receiver at Alabama from the 2019 season, right? <laughs> like there's, there's, you can make a legitimate argument that Judy uh, and then Devontae Smith and, and, and Waddle are all better prospects. I'm not ready to throw out Mechie there yet. I know a lot of people like Mechie at Alabama, but not quite yet. But uh, the Raiders wanted a player that could open up the rest of their offense. John Gruden talked all all offseason about like what a Tyreek Hill can do for your offense. It forces defense to cover every blade of grass. That's a Gruden expression. Um, but unfortunately, this team needs a number one receiver. Nelson Aguilar has done a great job of filling into that role this year. and He's going to get paid this offseason. But this team needed a CD lamb in the absolute worst way. Somebody that can move the chains, somebody that can win in one-on-one coverage. I think the idea of Henry Ruggs makes a lot of sense. If you already have a guy that can dominate on the outside, right. he, shouldn't, he shouldn't be your primary receiver. He should be your complementary receiver. And unfortunately that's just not what he, what he's been now. That's not to say that Henry Ruggs is a bad player because I think he is pretty good. He's dealt with some COVID stuff this year. He's dealt with a couple injuries. I expect him to be much, much better next year. But to expect him to be a true number one receiver, I think that was always a mistake. Yeah, it was a mistake for us too, for in the in the in the community for not not worrying a little bit about some of the underlying, you know, relying too much on the explosive measurables and the draft capital. It's just like sometimes you some these coaches are football guys. Sometimes mm-hmm. they draft these guys for X's and O's reasons that don't always necessarily translate to fantasy points. And when you look at the like the guys like I mean Brandon Ayuk, you know, mm. um, Justin Jefferson, Justin there's Jefferson, a, there's a bunch of these. T Higgins, you put T Higgins in this offense, and this is a much better offense. I know T Higgins is incredibly slow, but this is somebody that can <laughs> that can actually stretch. He's the been field. good though. He's he's been good. Exactly, he can stretch the field because of his size. He can win at the catch point. He can get open. If you would have had somebody in that in you know this Raiders offense like that. Maybe they're in the playoffs. Maybe the difference between T. Higgins and Henry Ruggs is enough to win them two more games this year. This might sound like a, just a couple of quick dynasty things, and the, then I just want to get a rookie take from you, man. Um, as far as dynasty wide receivers at the very top, is it is it weird to 
be on the clock and kind of not know what to do maybe in the middle to late first round if you're if you're posed a choice between a 27-year-old Devontae Adams, a 28-year-old DeAndre Hopkins, or a 21-year-old Justin Jefferson? It, it is difficult. Um, I, You know, the funny thing is, you didn't even mention my wide receiver one in Dynasty right now because those are all really good options. Oh, oh right. I'd like, I think that my wide receiver my wide receiver one as of right now is DK Metcalf. That, so correct. Right. I would, as I say, if he's, if he's there in the late first, that's absolutely who I'm taking. But uh, I, I think there – Listen, I love Devontae Adams. I like Michael Thomas quite a bit. A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson are all really good players. But there's not really a gap at all between those guys. So I think you can wait to the second round. I think you could pick up a Tyreek so Hill. Too. That's a good right? point. Yeah, that's a good point. So, And I would rather I would rather take a running back early. Uh, man, listen, you could make a good case for Travis Kelsey in startups just because of the week-to-week advantage that he gives you. I know the age is a little concerning. He's in his thirties now, uh, but I don't see him dropping off anytime soon. But as for the receivers, there's just really not a gap at all between wide receiver two and wide receiver 12, because you get down there, Michael Thomas, uh, mm-hmm. Deandre Hopkins, DJ Moore, who I still like quite a bit. It's McLaurin, just it's McLaurin, like, Godwin, yeah. Evans, Cooper. Uh, you have so many guys in that, you know, next group that are so good that you feel great about as your wide receiver one. I'm fine passing on in the first round for a different position. I like that. That, that that's a good way. That's a good way to frame it. And I'm actually gonna make a note here in our rankings that when we stack them, we should we should keep that in mind. Just and then and and then quickly a, a a guns to your head because there's some crazy idiot in your house that has guns that wants to know fancy <laughs> questions. Uh, is, is, would uh, would you take AJ Brown or CD Lamb in that spot? I probably would take AJ Brown. A uh, little bit more explosive after the catch. I think he's going to get. I mean, he continues to get a ton of targets in Tennessee. Uh, I would go AJ Brown. All right, fair enough. All right. His name again, Marcus Mosier. You find him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Make sure and listen to the Locked On Dynasty podcast and the mm-hmm. Locked On Cowboys, as well as find his work at the Raiders Wire, uh, everywhere else that he mentioned. Oh, we'll just get you out of here on one take, man. You got you got one 2021 rookie take, man. Who's somebody that you love? Somebody you hate? Uh, what what do you what do you got about these rookies? The people want to hear about the rookies. Yeah, I think Travis Etienne is the best running back prospect we've had come out in the last three years. Uh, I I think he should be easily better, better than JT. Yeah, yeah, wow. of course, of course. Okay, okay. This is, I mean, this is a guy that has 98 career receptions at Clemson. He averages 7.3 yards per carry. In his career, he's going to walk into whatever team he gets drafted to a workhorse role. Uh, I think he should be already, already considered a top 10 dynasty running back.